Hi everyone, long time no see, welcome to Sportaholic, with live sport back there is no longer any excuse for me to procrastinate and not do any, um, based on the fact that I'm now followed by Podchaser which is described as the IMDB of podcasts, there is literally no excuse for me not to do the podcast. Uh, so we're back, um, we've got stuff to talk about now which is quite nice. Because in terms of the motorsport world, at least, um, we're now moving into the pre-season. The second pre-season, because, of course, our first pre-season, we went through all the testing for Formula 1. And then in Australia, uh, we all know what happened. Um, A McLaren team member tested positive for coronavirus on the Thursday night in Melbourne. And the whole thing fell through quite rightfully. And we've sat. And waited. Well, we haven't completely waited out this virus. There is still some work to do. There's still work to do. Um, but positive signs from New Zealand. We'll touch on this actually later when we go on to talk about Super Rugby. Um, New Zealand are now in level one, zero active cases. So, you know, countries can get there. And um, we've waited it out. It's been about. Well, by the time Formula 1 gets underway, it'll be three months. And um, things things are looking better than they were initially. So that's a little cause for optimism. Um, this episode was supposed to be uh, a supercar special. We're going to talk about the Virgin Australia Supercars Championship still. Um, but... Uh, I was going to bring on to the show um, my good mate Juard, host of Hit the Apex podcast. Um, I was going to bring him on, test out my remote podcasting technology. But that didn't work. Technical gremlins galore. Um, But I can bring you some voice messages from Juard, which is kindly sent in. Um, So... He's still making what he what he calls a cameo on the show. Um, I wanted to I, I wanted to get him on because um, I'm relatively new to the Supercars Championship, but I love it, and I've been asking Joao questions uh, over the past few weeks as I've been getting into it. So I thought, why not bring him onto the podcast and everybody learn a bit about. Virgin Australia supercars. So I've I've had all the note. I've got the notes in front of me that I wrote for the um, interview. So why not make use of them and read them out? So uh, we've seen the supercars race in the virtual world, and from June the twenty seventh, we'll see them racing in the real world as the Virgin Australia Supercars Championship restarts its season at the Sydney Motorsport Park. The 2020 season got underway in February at the Superloop Adelaide 500. Honours were even between DGR Team Penske and Rebel Holden, with Jamie Winkup winning race one and the defending champion Scott McLaughlin winning race two. McLaughlin is currently leading the championship by 27 points over Jamie Winkup. Um, before we started talking about the actual championship, I asked Juard what his final conclusions were from the Supercars All-Stars E-Series, which has been taking place during the shutdown period. 
Um, for me, the E series has kind of just served its purpose. Um, it's finale next week uh, with the championship decider, seventy-eight points between SVG and McLaughlin. Um, two races to decide who'll win that. So it's you know certainly been the only um, E series or whatever that's kind of kept my attention throughout this time. We haven't had any real racing to watch. Um, it's stayed clear of any controversies too like we've seen elsewhere you know with formula e and indycar and nascar as well so you know it it served its purpose it was on a great time you know wednesday um wednesday prime time middle of the week so you know but at the same time i think you know we just itching to see some real racing again you know as good as the presentation and everything was so yeah bring on sydney motorsport park um at the end of the month and the controversies that Jawad was mentioning there, of course, the Daniel Apt incident in Formula E where he got a ringer to race for him. It was part of some what he thought, and you can, you can see his thinking a little bit. It's still wrong, but you can see his thinking. Uh, he thought, why not have a professional sim driver race for him, for Apt, uh, to see if anybody would notice the difference. He didn't tell anybody because it was he was going to do a whole video because he's a YouTuber as well. So he's going to do a whole thing on it. Um, and he wasn't going to tell anybody till the, the race was happening on Saturday afternoon. He wasn't going to tell anybody till the Sunday, the Monday after. Um, but people knew because when the TV coverage, he got a podium, I think, then the TV coverage... Um, tried to contact him and of course he wouldn't answer because he wasn't driving and then I think John Eric Verne um, said that something was wrong and uh, threw him under the bus basically um, and Audi weren't too pleased obviously because this is this is where the stupid bit comes in the stupidness of this whole apt thing. I know it was weeks ago, but we haven't had the podcast on for for weeks, so we're this is a summary of all the things. Um, I I said this at the time. Um, it's it, you're repre- He was representing a brand. Aldi are, are putting their brand out there for this e series. I mean, the whole debate has been throughout the whole. Shut down where e series has been e sports sorry have been taken over have been taking over the motorsport landscape in the absence of any live racing um how serious is it and it is serious if you are racing for your team that you race for in real life and their sponsors are being shown on t v and on social media platforms and you've you've you're representing them so you've got to be respect respectful you know what i mean you've got to um your behavior's got to be good my words fail me at this point um still a bit rusty eh uh anyway um so yeah and audi suspended him initially and then he was let go, shall we say, by the team a few days afterwards, and he made a statement and said sorry, but to be honest with you, sorry isn't really cutting it at this point because it's ridiculous. And also, this was for UNICEF. This was in association with UNICEF. It was for charity, and Daniel App was messing about. 
so it's not really on. I mean, his apology was heartfelt, and you can see that the he's pretty distraught. But to be honest with you, it's just really stupid. And it, you sit down and think sometimes, what are you thinking? What is going through your mind? Uh, honestly, other incidents include the Simon Pagano thing at the virtual Indy 500 involving Landon Norris. Something about purposely crashing into him, or I don't know, I can't be asked to be honest with you. And uh, Carl Larson using a racial slur on NASCAR. I mean, that was just ridiculous as well. You know, you don't say that anyway. Um, but even especially not on telly. But you you especially don't say that, and it's not right. In terms of the Supercar Z series, though, I do agree with Gerard, and I've also said this all along. It was professional. It was serious. Um, of course, at the start of it, because it was an indefinite period, that was the supercars, and it kept the competitive juices flowing, and we had some decent racing. Of course, the first race was the first round was chaos. Um, if you can find it on the internet, the first round, race three, was at Monza, and there was a monster crash coming through the curve of Grandy. Everybody just whacked into everybody else. Uh, fortunately, there's reset buttons on iRacing because there was a lot of damage. Um, but apart from that, I mean, that was a little bit of fun, but it, it did become quite serious. Um, and it was it was better than the other championships. I mean, Formula One has just been a joke all along uh, because not all the drivers want to do it because, of course, Formula 1 are being loyal to Codemasters, so they're running the F1 2019 game. Um, Max Verstappen doesn't like the F1 2019 game for the pure and simple reason that it's a game, not a simulator, so he does all the iRacing stuff. Um, some drivers have got into it more than others, you know, Charles Leclerc and Landon Norris and George Russell. Um... The final race of that F1 All-Stars E's, um, not, that's the supercar's name, All-Stars E series. The F1 is Virtual Grand Prix. That many. I mean, I haven't really been following them anyway for the reason that I've said before, especially with the Formula 1. And now with live sport on, the eSports to me just seems a bit nah for me. It's a bit of a yeah nah for me. Um... Yeah, it just, I've not been a fan of esports really anyway, I can see why people watch it, and I, it does have its benefits in terms of allowing people like you and me to, you know, put it, if you put in the effort on F1 2019, we've seen it before with F1 official esports series, um, that I mean, you've got guys who are now be driving for actual F1 teams for esports. We've got YouTubers being ambassadors. That's a good thing. But now, it seems like the novelty has wore it wore off for me a little bit earlier. Novelty probably not the right word, but if you get what I mean, it's not a proper substitute. Um, but that's probably a, a, enough on. That anyway, we don't really need to watch it ever again because, to be quite honest with you, I don't think we'll ever be in a situation like this again. Um, 
So, moving on to the actual Supercars Championship, um, I asked Jawad, um, do you think Scott McLaughlin can win his third Supercars title? He's won in 2018 and 2019. Or do you think Red Bull Holden have caught up enough to DJR Team Penske to end Holden's involvement in the sport on a high? Scotty winning a third. Yeah, it's possible. He's tough. You know, strong mentally and still very fast, even if he doesn't have the fastest car. Um, I think also um, having, you know, not a proper Enduro Cup either this year. Well, we don't know yet <laughs> what's happening with that. But, you know, it's going to be the focus will be purely on him. Um, but Red Bull, you know, their final year with Holden, um, as we found out this week, factory the factory partnership is going to end. They're going to want to go out on a high, as you say. And, you know, the parity changes that we had last year certainly has brought them back to the front. So it'll be interesting to see how it sort of plays out. Um, and we still haven't seen the impact of the control shock absorber switch yet either. So I think come Sydney in a few weeks' time, it's going to be interesting to see how um, they all shape up. Jouard mentioned parity there. Uh, there's been efforts by supercars to try and make the racing more equal between Ford and Holden because uh, last year Ford um, came back uh, full manufacturer involvement in supercars with uh, the launch of the Mustang. Uh, there were six cars, I think, last year. It was DGR Team Kensky, Fabian Coulthard, Scott McLaughlin, and Tickford Racing fielded four cars, including Cam Waters and Chaz Mostert, who always loved fighting each other, crashing into each other, crashed out of bat first at the chase. Um, in an absolutely ridiculous move, I've started, so I'll carry on with it. Mostert um, was going to overtake Waters, went to the outside at the back of Comrod Strait, and I think it's gone row straight down to the... Somebody will correct me. Um, please do. Uh, down the comrade straight, um, into the chase. Uh, went to the outside. Both made contact. Into the kitty litter. Beached in the gravel. Can't get out. Both teammates out. And they collided in Pukakoe as well. Anyway. But anyway, parity. There were... Six Ford Mustangs last year. That's that. That was the point it was on, and um, then with Holden, um, they just ran away, ran away with it. Um, McLaughlin went on a run at one point of seven consecutive wins, including the Darwin Triple Crown. He took pole position and won both races in that. Shane Van Gismerden won the second race in Tasmania at the third round of the season. But other than that, the Mustangs were unstoppable. Um, so there was some reduction in the aero for them. Uh, Holden got back on the the footing of the Mustangs near the end of the season. And um, so far this season, pretty equal in terms of race wins. Uh, McLaughlin won the second race at Adelaide Partly because Shane van Gisbergen, they didn't fill the fuel on the second pit stop in the in 
well, at Adelaide 500, the format works that you've got two races of 250 kilometers. In each race, there are two compulsory pit stops. And I think it's something like 140 liters has to go into the car across the race. Um, so on the second pit stop, they didn't fuel Van Gisbergen enough. So they could get to that 140 liter mandatory um, fuel usage, I suppose you could say. But anyway, fuel in the car uh, across the across the race. Um, and of course, he had to pit again. So that lost him time compared to. I don't actually think he finished that race um, in Adelaide. Can't remember why because I haven't rewatched the two races because I want to. I want to write um, some preview articles on that. Ooh, cat out the bag. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Never quote me, alright? <laughs> Never quote me. <laughs> it's a plan. It's just in the plan stage. Um, there's also control shock absorbers, which, to be quite honest with you, um, go go watch the Ask Crompo video on YouTube. Type it in. It was done at the Adelaide 500. Uh, He'll explain better than I do. Crompo is Neil Crompton, by the way. He commentates with Scafey, Mark Scafe. I think he won five Supercars Championship. I'm still learning. But um, anyway, while we're on the subject of McLaughlin, actually, um, one thing I would like to see him do this season is win the Bathurst 1000. Because then that will dispel any naysayers out there, a little bit of me included, um, that he won because Coulthard backed the field up in the safety car period on lap 135 of last year's race when Alexander Rossi um, crashed at the final corner. He was beached in the gravel at the final corner and um, they were going to double stack at DGR Team Penske so McLaughlin was in front, um, and in order to avoid um, time loss by the double stack, uh, the double stacking, Coulthard backed the field up. Um, also, because Van Gisbergen was, I think Van Gisbergen was in the queue behind as well. It was, it was just to make sure that they won the race. Anyway, it, dirty tactics. We don't like that. Um, and Coulthard copped it pretty big. I mean, it was an awful race already because of doing that. Uh, he ended up running sixth. I think he finished sixth, and then they relegated him to the back of the grid. Um, the back of the field, sorry, because it was in the race. And then they docked um, DJR Team Piansky 300 points in the team's championship, uh, which is equivalent to a race win at Bathurst. Uh, because it's an endurance race, so you get the full 300 points. It's 300 points per round in the Supercars Championship. Um, and um, so McLaughlin won that, and uh, that's what I was going to say. DJR Team Penske got the largest fine in Supercars history. I can't remember how much it was, but it was a hell of a lot of dollar. Um and McLaughlin, it was found out afterwards that the engine he had used for qualifying was illegal, which meant he was excluded from qualifying. He's excluded from qualifying in Bat first, two races 
later in Sandown. They went to the Gold Coast. And then in Sandown, he got the penalty for the illegal engine in the qualifying at Batfurst. So all these things, when you put them all together, you can kind of see why it would be nice if he could win again so he could just prove that he can do it on his own. I mean, McLaughlin, there's, some people said, oh, they should, they should strip him of the win. No, because it wasn't him. It was the team, and it was Coulthard being far too complicit with the team. Um, in a, a scene that some have um, compared to the crash gate of Nelson Piquet at Singapore in 2008, where Piquet was told to crash on purpose in order for Alonso to be advantaged because he would pit under the safety car, and then he went on to win the race. Um... But McLaughlin wasn't involved in it at all. Um, Well, he wasn't involved in it directly. I mean, he races for the team. But, you know, you can't exactly... He was way out in front. I mean, how's he going to control the fact that the team have told Coulthard to back the field up? Um, And, as McLaughlin says, that's our bloody win, or something like that, he said in an interview. Um, But he's very adamant that he he won it and his side of the team did win it in my opinion they won the Bathurst 1000 but some of the trickery surrounding it that may have limited any fight back by a well fight back a challenge let's say from Red Bull Holden in the closing stages of the race um so it would be nice if he could win again to just dispel dispel any of that chat it would it would be better for everybody. Better for everybody. It'd be better for the McLaughlin fans who have to bloody defend it. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, McLaughlin did nothing wrong, but it was very very cheating. Some people describe it. You can make up your mind. The videos are all there, especially now, right? Team radio's there for everybody to hear, so you're not exactly going to get away with it. It's like Apt with his... I'll come back to Apt and just say Zimmer. You know, you do these things in this age, where everything is recorded and everything is interconnected, you're not going to get away with things. Like the Australians with the sandpaper gate as well. Anyway, other story for another day. Um, I, I asked... I asked Gerard then um, some predictions for the remainder of this season. Prediction-wise, I reckon we might see a variety of winners this time. Um, obviously, it all depends on the race formats and what they're talking about is possibly having all sprint races short ones without pit stops just to be able to have as minimal people on site as possible so i reckon guys who have been quick or we saw quick at the start of the year Chas mostert at um walkinshaw and Dreddy united he came out of the blocks really quick i reckon we could see him win a race or two mark winterbottom as well for team 18 Irwin racing they were fast at times last year they had a pole position and james courtney as well i think will be one stepping into that will davison car it's been quick 
so far what we've seen this year in Adelaide and then the couple of practice sessions we had at the Grand Prix. So I wouldn't be surprised seeing Courtney also um, back in the winner's circle in a Ford. Duard was talking there about sprint races and perhaps they're not being pit stops. Uh, he recorded these voice messages on Saturday, so obviously that was before the announcement on Sunday that um, for the Sydney Motorsport Park Super Sprint at least there will be three 130 kilometer long races. That's 33 laps uh, or a time certain finish of an hour. Um, that's 130 kilometers is the same distance as um, what's normally used for races one and three of the Melbourne 400 weekend. Uh, that's the main sport race for the Australian Grand Prix. Um, and that has one compulsory pit stop in it. So a little bit of changes there. Um, I'd also like to see after watching the Inside Line series of supercars, which you can watch on YouTube, I think it's on the official Supercars YouTube page, um, the where they followed Erebus Motorsport. I would quite like to see them get a few podiums. Um, really nice team. Uh, Betty, who's the owner, I forget her last name, but Betty, she really loves her motorsport, really into it. Um, took a little bit of a... Well, she says took a little bit of a risk. She wasn't really that confident with Deep Pasquale, but I really think Deep Pasquale has come into his own now this will be his third season in supercars he qualified in the top five at, uh, uh, the cancelled melbourne race they managed to get in uh, two qualifying sessions on the thursday before the race was cancelled on the friday so watch out for erebus motorsport it's it's quite it's it's a feel-good story when they win so it it would be quite nice. That goes against my Ford allegiances, though, doesn't it? Because they're Holdens. So yeah. Whoops. Oh well. We all like a good. We all like a good story, don't we? Something to keep us happy. Uh, but a Ford Mustang looks better than our Holden Commodore. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. Um. The final question I asked Jawad was uh relating to. Will Davison. Uh, could Will Davison still get an Enduro Cup drive for Tickford Racing in the place of Alexandra Premat? Um, Will Davison was left without a drive uh, last month after 23 Red Racing's departure as their title sponsor Milwaukee Tool Australia pulled out, citing reasons relating to COVID-19 and a change of focus in the business's objectives as a result of the pandemic. Davison finished in the top five in both races at the Adelaide 500, and it was looking like he was on for a good season uh, with 23 Red Racing. Of course, Prema, we don't know whether he will be allowed to travel to Australia because of the travel restrictions. So uh, that's why I asked Joao, could Will Davison still get that Enduro Cup drive instead of Prema? Davison in for Prema. Well, certainly, I guess, if Prema can't make it to Australia, unfortunately, we still have the travel restrictions in place, so a ban on overseas travel. But I guess there was that exception made for Shane Van Gisbergen to come back to 
Australia from New Zealand to start the championship. So that could be possible. Um, but it's important to note too that Tickford, the team, hasn't actually announced a fourth co-driver just yet. So they've got Michael Caruso there confirmed with um, Cam Waters. You've got James Moffat, who I think will line up with Jack LeBrock or Lee Holdsworth, I'm not sure. And then Alex Premer, of course, as well, being the third. So there is still a fourth slot on the team. Um, talk possibly Jack Perkins might be able to join James Courtney. Um, those two having a relationship together um, in the HRT or Walkinshaw days that they were there. And um, Perkins with Courtney were on the podium at Bathurst last year too. So those guys have got a pretty good relationship. Um, You'd be mad not to have Will Davison in a car for the Enduros. Um, So it'd be good to see him back on the grid. It's unfortunate how that all kind of transpired uh, with Milwaukee Tools pulling out and as a result, Phil Monday having to shut the 23 Red Racing operation down. But that's just you know, one of the casualties of what's going on at the moment with the pandemic. So, and that's, you know, all the more important to get back racing as soon as possible, as long as it's safe to do so, um, so that these guys can start generating some revenue and um, helping out um, the wider industry and the economy. So my thanks to Jawad for sending in those voice messages. For me, it was a shame that I couldn't get the technology to work, but it was great that he still sent them in for us. Uh, you can follow Duard. His personal account is at Dr46th on Twitter, or you can follow, well, follow both. His podcast account is at Hit the Apex Media, and go subscribe to his podcast, Hit the Apex Podcast. Um, it's available on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So, moving on now, this section is stuff that I wanted to write as an article, but then it just never worked. Um, The West Indies are coming over uh, in a month's time to tour England in in the biosecure environment. Um, Three test matches are going to be played, uh, one at the Aegeus Bowl... From July the 8th to the 12th and two at Old Trafford from July the 16th to the 20th for the second test and July 24th to the 28th for the third test. Uh, the Aegeus Bowl and Old Trafford have been chosen because they have hotels on site um, and that of course keeps that whole biosecure environment um, in place. And the Series will mark um, a shift in the broadcasting of cricket in the UK as for the first time in over 20 years cricket comes back to BBC television and this is a great move, a great deal. I've been so excited about this broadcasting deal as the nerd I am for the last three years since it was announced um, because it's ad free. You know, that's my little nerdy thing. I hate adverts, <laughs> don't we all? You know, any time you can watch something without adverts is a good thing. Anyway, the they will the highlights will be on BBC. Uh, a few naysayers, you know, saying, "Why can't we get the full test live? It's behind closed doors. If I can't watch the match, or go to the match, I want to watch it on TV." Well, by Sky, you know. 
people do not understand how television works, right? You cannot, these days, cricket has not been live on, on television in this country for 15 years, on terrestrial television, not television overall. Sky has had it exclusively live since 2006, right? So you cannot, it's no longer the norm to have days worth of schedules cleared for cricket. And it's not going to start again now, and nor should it. I mean, the ashes, it might be different. But if you're watching, it's a third day, I mean, a, 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 not a third day, but uh, I'm completely losing the plot, right? Uh, <laughs> so if you're watching, like, a, no offence to Bangladesh, but an England-Bangladesh one, or, or uh, you know, those matches that end in three, four days quite convincingly in England romp home, or something like that, or somebody romps home, you really expect them to clear their schedules for that. And also, because the match finishes early, they've got to have a standby full of repeats, and repeats lose you money. I mean, I know in daytime TV... There's a lot of repeats on anyway on the BBC. But still, my point stands. And do people want to sit down and watch Test Cricket anymore? Not really. We've got lives. I mean, even I don't sit down and watch the full day. It's very rare I do. Normally, it's only like the final day or when I know it's getting pretty excited. But you dip in and out of it. Um, and the highlights in the evening... At 7 o'clock on BBC Two, are going to be brilliant. An hour's worth of cricket is enough in in terms of people's lives. And also, the part of this deal, and also how this marks a shift, the BBC have been doing online clips of home match internationals and some domestic ones as well um, for years. And we're moving into streaming over-the-top subscription services... Um, social media clips and, you know, not as many people are willing to, you know, our attention spans are getting shorter, um, you know, for for some people. Um, and also when you're out and about or if even if you do sit down and watch the live coverage uh, when you get home from, let's say, work or shopping or whatever, um, you can quickly catch up on the wickets or the boundaries or the exciting moments or whatever that'll be on the BBC live blog they do a live blog and um, test match special people forget how popular test match special is in this country I don't listen to it so much because I've got the sky coverage but I would ha I'll happily listen to test match special it's a great program and people people love listening to it. We've had replays of old Ashes matches, and the, they replayed all of England's matches in the Cricket World Cup at the end of last month, and people have been listening to them in their thousands. Um, there's something about Test Match Special that people love, the fact that it's that it becomes the soundtrack to their day, it provides some comfort that you don't quite get with TV, and of course the long-standing thing that many people say, that they used to turn down the sound on the TV and have the commentary on the radio. But the there will be some T20 matches live on BBC as well, and the new 100 competition when it gets underway next year, being postponed this year, of course, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, more seriously in terms of having it on the BBC, 
when it was on Channel 5, it's been on Channel 5 for 14 years, I'm talking about free to wear. Uh, it felt kind of hidden, kind of tucked away. Um, and the BBC can give it more exposure across TV, radio, their social media, their online. The BBC is considered to be the most trusted news source in this country. I consider it to be the most trusted news source. And it is the best free-to-air sport broadcaster in the country across both TV and radio. And there'll be plenty of cross-promotion. Um... But let's get into the facts of why it's really important that this has reversed the the Im the adverse impacts caused by it going exclusively live on Sky in 2006. And this deal is kind of an admission by the ECB that they went wrong. Um, the 2000. This is Ashes, so it's a little bit different. 2.76 million people on average watched the 2005 Ashes series on Channel 4. That number dropped to 360,000 watching the 2015 Ashes series, which was exclusively live on Sky. Saying that, 2 million people watched Ben Stokes's, um heroics at Headingley, so it does depend on the match. Uh, when we turn to the Cricket World Cup final, 8 million people watched, but half of that 8 million people, over 4 million people, were watching on Sky. So sometimes it can be just the... just the type of event itself um but in general expect at least a million people to be watching i mean I'm, i might be optimistic in saying a million people watching the highlights but yeah you'll get a good few people watching that i mean there's at least a million watching the formula one highlights on channel four um but you know anything is a good thing and something's better than nothing. And also brilliant. And I, I've said that I hope they continue this anyway. But in because of course uh, this week, um, the week just gone, we were supposed to be starting the test summer, um, which the West Indies were going to tour June. They're now touring July. Um, and uh, they were they've they're showing four classic matches between England and the West Indies. Uh, just to build up to it, um, they've been showing those on BBC Two on a Saturday night, and also BBC iPlayer. I'm gonna um just sidetrack for a little bit, a little minute, and just say BBC iPlayer is the most used um catch-up service as far as I know. Um, it, it's 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 very popular, very good, and Channel Five didn't really have that. The BBC, it doesn't matter if you don't watch it at 7 o'clock. You can watch it anytime you want for 30 days on the iPlayer. Yeah. And people know what the iPlayer is. Not many people will have My5 installed on their smartphones. Um, yeah. And there's um the T a Test Match Special podcast as well, the TMS podcast as well. Anyway, back to um, the West Indies replays. Uh, this was really good because um, if you think like with um, kids that may be tuning in that have never tuned into cricket before because it's been exclusively live on free to air, you saw Gordon Greenwich make a double hundred in chase as the West Indies chased down a target of three hundred and forty-two 
inside I think 67 overs, which in 1984 was quite something. The run rate they were going at. Um, I mean, because I, I do this kind of thing with replays where I don't like to watch, I don't like to know the result for some reason. I mean, even if I know the result, I won't check it again. But I was like, this is going to be a draw, surely. But then in the back of my mind, I had the 5-0 whitewash, or as it was known, blackwash, uh, by the West Indies. And I thought, yeah, something's got to happen here. And it did, and it was brilliant. And both of them got an 8 for... And just seeing these icons of the game playing... On free-to-air television. And also, the BBC's got a bits of the archive that Sky won't have. Or Sky just won't show. Uh, so I hope they do it regularly. But what I say doesn't really happen. You know. Um, going back to supercars for just a bit. This could just, again, be me wanting the world. A little bit questionable for me why the behind-closed-doors Sydney Motorsport Park event is going to be only on Fox Sports in Australia. Why wasn't it put on Channel 10? Why isn't it going to be put on Channel 10? I think they're missing a blinder here. Supercars. And Supercars is entering... It's in a difficult period a little bit. Uh, this is Adelaide 500 attracted its lowest crowd in 17 years. And um, Holden's leaving uh, officially because Holden General Motors is withdrawing the Holden brand. They're axing the Holden brand in Australia and New Zealand at the end of this year. So that means that they will withdraw their full support for all the hold all the teams that use the Holden cars in the Supercars Championship. And it's it. If you're going to think that it's getting might be getting a bit dull, even though we've had dominant seasons with Wink Up before, um, it, it, we'll have to see with the future, but it's a bit stuck at the moment, supercars. And I would have thought that they could have helped themselves a little bit by popping it on Channel 10, getting the racing on, because... I mean, I know it'd be uh, competing with footy and NRL, but... You know, it was just a little thought. That's why I didn't want to put it in a full article, but I was just thinking maybe they could have put it on Channel 10. You know, it's just, it wouldn't have gone on Channel 10 anyway, so that's probably their defence. Maybe I'm asking too much. Um, that is a perfect segue to actually introduce something. Juwaz sent in his comments using voice notes on Anchor. And I will, there's a link at the bottom of the show notes, anchor.fm slash sportaholic slash message, where you can send in your, your, your thoughts on either something I've said in the program or anything that's caught your fancy in the sporting world this week. Um, uh, send them in and they may get involved in the program. Now, most things where I've tried to get listener interaction haven't worked, so we'll see if this one works. I know you're there. Come say hi. Anchor.fm forward slash sportaholic forward slash message. The link is in the show notes, anyway. Do look at the show notes, because I do write them. I do craft them a little bit. 
Um, quick one on Super Rugby. I said a little earlier, so I might as well finish that um, crowds are going to be allowed at uh, Super Rugby Otoroa matches because New Zealand is now on level one. Ooh. Well done, New Zealand. Well done, Jacinda. What a prime minister she is. Uh, if Dino's listening from Regen Racing Podcast, uh, sounds weird. Really happy for you, mate, that you're in level one. <laughs> yeah, take that as you will. Enjoy yourself, mate, in level one. Uh, New Zealand deserves it. it was really strict lockdown and it's really been successful and they should be proud of themselves of all the work that they've done and they're going to get rewarded with some rugby week one of the Investec Super Rugby Otoroa competition which is a new domestic five team competition um, involving the five New Zealand teams involved in the Super Rugby which of course has been suspended because you can't travel between South Africa Australia, New Zealand, uh, Argentina, and Japan. The Sun Wolves are bowing out uh, now, um, which is a shame because Japanese rugby is going from strength to strength at the moment. Uh, there's a similar competition happening in Australia with the four Super Rugby franchises there, and the Western Force are coming in as well. They're returning. They got axed from Super Rugby two years ago. But they're coming back in. But I think it's just a one-off. They're, be, they're being nice. Bless them. Uh, so if you're interested, um, week one is coming up this coming weekend. They've changed the times because crowds are being allowed. Saturday night, New Zealand time, five minutes past seven, is the Highlanders and the Chiefs from the Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin. If you're listening in New Zealand and the tickets are still available, get the tickets. Go, go to the ropey, go to see the crowd, share. <laughs> Ooh. Can't wait, can't wait for that. Just to see people would be quite nice at this point. Um, that aren't my parents, as much as I love them. Be nice to see my mates. So that's the Highlanders and the Chiefs Saturday night. Uh, 7.05pm New Zealand time, that's 5.05pm Australian Eastern Standard Time and five minutes past eight over here in the morning in the UK. And then Sunday, 14th of June, the Blues versus the Hurricanes. Burden Barrett is going to be making his debut for the Blues. I think he was with Highlanders before. Um, Dan Carter has also signed with the Blues, but he's not ready to play yet. Blues versus Hurricanes at Eden Park in Auckland, 3.35pm Sunday afternoon, 1.35pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, and 4.35am here in the UK, the Crusaders have a bye. Just wanted to put that in. Anyway, it'd be pretty nice to see a crowd. I mean, the the virtual crowd effects on the NRL have actually been pretty good. I think the AFL is including them as well, and the Premier League is going to... I think that over here they're going to do two options. So you can press the red button if you want crowd noise, which I would want, and another if you don't want crowd noise because you're stuck in your ways. One sport that doesn't need the crowd noise will be cricket. You don't need crowd noise. Uh, when they held the first ODI between Australia and New Zealand behind closed doors at the, at the SCG in March, didn't need it. And you don't, you don't, you won't need it for a test match. 
What are you gonna do for a crowd? Just put in some applause every now and again. They there's some there's some sporadic applause from the dressing rooms occasionally. You you don't really need it. Um So yeah. Be good to watch that anyway. It'd be good to watch some rugby anyway. Um AFL's back this week as well. That is it for the first Sportaholic back. If I remember and actually do what I'm supposed to do, we will be back soon. Uh, many thanks to Jawad once again for helping with the podcast, his little cameo uh, on the supercars. I will be doing some season previews, my second lot of season previews, um, ready for the racing to go ahead. The supercars back underway, Sydney Motorsport Park, June 27th and June 28th. Formula 1 is back at uh, the Red Bull Ring in Austria from July the 3rd to July the 5th. But more detail into Formula 1 nearer the start of the season. You've been listening to Sportaholic. I'm Joshua Kerr. We are available... I messed up the outro. Ah. I'm going to start again. Forget that happened, all right? You've been listening to Sportaholic. I'm Joshua Kerr. Sportaholic is available wherever you get your podcasts from. I recommend Pocket Cast. It's a really great podcast site. Uh, discovered many great podcasts on there. Do hope you can join us next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>